Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome to Shrink Think Podcast. Today we're starting a brand new mini-series, probably a three-episode mini-series on anxiety and depression. And it's not really going to be like the most high-level educational, you know, we're going to explain lots of things and you'll just learn lots of things, although I think there will be some of that. We want to give you some of our experiences as clinicians, so a lot of it will be kind of anecdotal. But we're in a global pandemic right now, and so there's not a lot of research that is being done or can be done on this because we're sort of behind the curve. But we just want to share some of our experiences with you as therapists with anxiety and depression because we get a lot of people coming to us asking about that. And so we thought maybe it would be helpful just to share if you're a therapist listening, if maybe you can relate, maybe share some of your experiences as a therapist with us. And so we can turn those back around and you know share those with our broader audience. Or if you're just another person listening, a client or just an interested party, just to have some information about maybe what you're seeing around you or maybe even inside you that can help give you some, you know, better clarity or maybe to normalize some things for you. So we're going to talk about how specifically today, how anxiety and depression, as they have kind of classically been understood, are still there, but they're also changing because of this pandemic. And also those classical anxiety and depression kind of symptoms or experiences are being impacted by your personality, whether you're introverted or extroverted. And so through this episode, we will break down what is anxiety as we've classically understood it, what is depression, and then we'll talk about how personality differences are impacted or impact, you know, how you're experiencing those kinds of things. And then Over the next couple of episodes, we'll talk about, okay, what's the like global pandemic version of anxiety and depression? And then how do you treat those specific things? Because it's going to be a little bit different than you would normally treat it. So to get us started, Nathan, can you explain to us in great clinical detail (laughs) what is anxiety and what is depression? Why, yes, I can, Aaron, because... I have the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, the Holy Bible of Disease of the Mind. Great. Our listeners are going to feel awful about themselves just getting started. I have a disorder and a disease. And it's funny. I will just say, like, that is kind of how it's defined or how it's described or whatever. But it's like, this thing has been expanded to fit, like, basically everybody. So, hey, join the club. You have that disease. I have this disorder. Like, we're all part of the same human club. There actually is kind of a big, long, clinical-sounding list. I'm going to dumb down for myself and Aaron so you can still understand it with us. <laughs> Seriously, as clinicians, we have to like refer back to this and be like, wait, what does this mean again? Like, is this how you understand? Okay, okay, I'm on the same page. It's very technical. Yeah, so this is depression. So when you say you have clinical depression, actually, 
what it is, is it's called major depressive disorder. And like a lot of times as clinicians, we'll talk back and forth and call it MDD. So it is defined by one, depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, feeling sad and hopeless and that kind of thing. Or two, totally diminished interest in things and not able really to take pleasure in anything. And then three, you, maybe you lost weight, you've uh, got maybe your significant weight gain. And then four, you're sleeping too much or you're not sleeping. You can't sleep, you know, one of those things. And then the other one is you don't really move very well. You know, you're, you're kind of like, meh, you know, your arms, you're like, meh, I don't really do anything. Next one, which is number six at this point, fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. Next one, feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt. Eight, the diminished ability to think or concentrate. Don't really do well making decisions. Nine, recurrent thoughts of death. Not just a fear of dying, recurrent suicidal ideation, which is a very fancy word, fancy sets of word, I guess it's two words, actually. Congratulations, Nate. Um, which just means, hey, you're thinking about you're thinking about dying. You're like fantasizing almost about it. And maybe you're developing some kind of idea of how to do that. So is that the same thing as thinking about killing yourself or just thinking about dying, being dead? Yeah, good point. Um, you know, it's, it's more about killing yourself. But with depression, specifically, there's a difference because with depression, you can be thinking about dying all the time. And that's, that's depression. Um, suicidal ideation is usually linked more to this idea that you're intending to, to die. You're intending to kill yourself. But check this out. So some of you are like, well, that's it. I got it, dude. I freaking got it. That's me, brother. You know, um, dude, I just Hulk Hogan that <laughs> like years ago, you 80s fans. But what you have to have in order to have major depressive disorder is you have to have five of those. So the, I just listed off nine. You have to have five. So now you're like, well, okay, maybe, maybe not. Which is why we have this DSM that we're trying to figure out. So the other piece of the pie is anxiety. So there's the other side of it. And anxiety also has some definitions, but there's differences inside of anxiety itself. Like, for example, social anxiety. We have this other thing like phobias. You're afraid of a specific thing. But in general, we have a thing called generalized anxiety disorder. And us clinicians will call that GAD. You know, some of this stuff actually drives me nuts. It's like, you know, you're trying to sound smart and, you know, you're in the back room. So, um, Aaron, how would you treat GAD? LOL, IRL, I would probably treat GAD with, you know, but it sounds like it's some sort of texting conversation. <laughs> or some weird type of like thresh with your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. But can you give us a definition from the DSM about what is, and apparently you're breaking down GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, because that's kind of the broadest category. Yeah, so excessive anxiety and worry um, that's occurring more days than not for at least six months. The person finds it difficult to control the worry. The anxiety and worry are associated with three or more of the following six symptoms. Remember the whole depression thing with the five? So only one item, by the way, is required in children. So one, being restless or feeling 
quote, like, keyed up. I don't know why I quoted that. Like agitated or something? Like irritable yeah, sort of It's kind of like a little bit of a... People will describe that as feeling a little buzzed, like with their like their muscles are buzzing, or they're like kind of like their thoughts are kind of like, you know, more active. Their brain's kind of like, I don't know, a little maybe... Well, they probably even have racing thoughts in here. A little hyperactive, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. To being easily fatigued. See how that's kind of a pain in the hind end when it comes to depression. We talked about fatigue earlier with that one. And then three, difficulty concentrating, similar to depression. This is why these two are little blood brothers or whatever. Irritability, number four. And then number five, muscle tension. And number six, sleep disturbance, difficulty falling or staying asleep or unsatisfying sleep. And notice that's the difference a little bit with depression. You know, you can't sleep. This is like you're kind of just in your head and you can't stay asleep or you can't get to sleep in the first place. Or a lot of people will say they'll wake up, you know, partway through, maybe after like one REM cycle and their minds kick on and you just can't turn it off and you just can't go back to sleep. Sort of feeling restless, like you just can't relax enough to de-stress to go back to sleep. I would also add to one, this is a little bit away from that, but one way I like to describe the differences between anxiety and depression, just sort of practically is depression is looking backward in time. It's like looking at the past and being stuck in the past. Something bad happened or something, you know, uh, was a certain way and it's gone or, or something like that. It's like looking backward and feeling depressed about it because you're at it's the past is not inside of your control. It already happened. There's nothing you can do about it, but you can de- be depressed about it. And then anxiety, on the other hand, is looking forward into the future, which again, you can't control. There's nothing you can do about next week or next month or year. But you can stress about it, you can worry about it, you can have anxiety about it. And that's kind of the difference. Neither one of those is being present, but you can be depressed, you know, from the past or anxious about the future or even a combination of both. If you're the lucky, uh, lucky Powerball winner. (laughs) Um, Lucky Powerball pandemic winner, the (laughs) PP. It's interesting, though, as you were describing it, Nathan, you're talking about and, and well, this is kind of the reason we're talking about this is because you get into those definitions of depression and even anxiety. And I'm like, yeah, I think all of us are experiencing these things because of the pandemic. I can't go anywhere. Things are locked down or everything's online now. And yeah, sure. Sleep has been impacted or I can't focus or, you know, fatigued or whatever. All that kind of, I'm gaining weight or losing weight. So we'll talk a bit about like how the pandemic is affecting all of that. But for right now, can you tell us, Nathan, a little bit about like what have you been experiencing or what have you been observing in your practice with the people that have been coming in about anxiety and depression? Yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this little mini series for myself was that I started noticing and I'm putting this out there, right? Because part of the issue that we have with this whole pandemic thing that is a that is like kind of a legitimate cliche is the the whole like nothing's normal anymore. This is the new normal, all that kind of thing. We don't know the answers of a lot of questions when it comes to some of how this is presenting because people come in and say, I'm having this problem. Is it, is it normal? Like, um, I don't know. Like we would have been able to tell you before. You're the second person today to say that. So I guess that's normal for today. I I don't know. (laughs) Right. I started noticing though, that personality seems to actually be affecting this. So personalities are affected individually and differently in in particular because I think of the pandemic. 
One way is with extroverts. So extroversion, just being really down to earth simple, is this idea that an extrovert recharges when that person is with people. They kind of just get excited. You know, they get home from a party, you know, like where they've hung out with a bunch of people and they still could hang out with more people. And an introvert, on the other side, introversion, they recharge more on their own. They need to be, you know, by themselves. An introvert gets home from a party and passes out. Like they are, they are done. They're not going to go to another party for like two weeks because <laughs> they've had enough for the two weeks. <laughs> right. So you're this extrovert, right? And you like to be around people. And now you are in a pandemic where you are not allowed to. And then, oh, by the way, if you do, you should feel totally guilty because you're probably killing them, you know, like this whole thing. So what I started noticing is that the extroverts that I was talking to on either telehealth or some of the folks come in for different kinds of treatments are that what's called their affect, which means the way that they look, their facial expression is is flat. In other words, there's really not much facial expression. They look depressed. They're not energized. Um, and they're just like, and kind of hopeless because when is it all going to end? And in particular, this has shown up more in about the last month. I mean, we're recording this in February when everything went through with the changing of the year. Um, I think people went, sweet, it's going to be different. And then we all woke up later and we're like, no, it's not. We're totally screwed. <laughs> you know? like, so in extroverts, I think it hit really hard in the way of going, wow, I really am trapped. This is, there's no end in sight. And so depressive symptoms that I listed earlier start showing up. And then this person will ask, well, am I depressed? I mean, yeah, you're depressed. Well, do I have depression? Well, guess what? Um, <laughs> depression is something like that we went in talking earlier. It's something that goes on for a very long period of time. And it is not situational. It has nothing to do with the situation that you're in. That's why sometimes when you might feel depressed, some of you out there may have gone to your doctor and want medication. And the doctor goes, mm, no, because they look at it and go, this is just a bad time of life, bro. We're not going to put you on meds for that. So we have this, this way that we define that with the DSM, that diagnostic thing I was joking about earlier, that situational types of depression would be called, they would be called an adjustment disorder with depressive mood or symptoms. Or you can have the other one, an adjustment disorder with anxious symptoms. And I think there's even one that's mixed. You can have both. Right. There, yeah, there is. And so now that we're in a pandemic, by the way, the adjustment disorder is for six months. So by definition, I mean, the pandemic's screwing that up because we are now a year into this living hell. <laughs> so, so technically, you can't have an adjustment disorder for depression, except for you do, because this is a gigantically crappy situation. And so then it would seem like almost technically you are being forced into major depressive disorder or some anxiety disorder. Is that right? <laughs> right. If you go in for help. This is why sometimes us clinicians look like our brain's going to fry because it's like, how do we define this? So that's one, that's the piece of, of that whole thing with depression. So getting back to the extroversion and introversion, you've got the extrovert like this trapped and, and honestly is having all those symptoms. They could check off the five symptoms and be like, yep, this is a whole thing. And of course, as you probably know, because it seems like, I mean, people are coming in quoting me statistics all the time about suicide that all those statistics are blowing up and going through the roof. 
The other side of the coin, and I'm going to ask Aaron what he thinks here in a second about this, introverts are kind of more experiencing this also different. What I've noticed is that they can't get alone enough because everybody's at home. So we've got kids at home doing school and there's nowhere to go. And technically speaking, you should be able to be alone, except for you're not really because everybody's still close. So you don't really feel like you can you don't really feel like like you can actually relax because you're you're waiting for your normal, which is not there. That's a good observation. I think what I have seen is it's a definitely a difference in the timing and the intensity of those symptoms. I think introverts have come on more slowly with the symptoms because actually for quite a while, I would say even, you know, several months, maybe, you know, if it this started around, you know, February, March ish of 2020, you know, through the summer or so, a lot of people who are introverts were really saying, this is great. This is like my ideal, you know, like some things were open. It was summer. You could be outside. And so I think that helped for a lot of people. Um, and people were wearing these shirts that were like, you know, socially distance. Like I want to always socially distance or whatever. And after that, though, I think it sort of set in, you know, maybe as fall and winter kicked in is like, well, actually, I kind of miss having the opportunity to be around people. Maybe some of it was I miss some of the social connections for sure. But I think some of it also, the way that they recharge means that I need to be around people and then get away from people. Like the getting away from and then being by myself to recharge is part of the part of that whole process. And so I think that came on more slowly. But when it did, I've seen introverts almost acting kind of like extroverts who have not been around people. Of course, they don't want as much interaction as the extroverts probably do. But they've been experiencing a lot of longing for those things and which is a little bit of an identity crisis I think for some people it's like wow like I know I'm an introvert but man like I'm struggling with having all this alone time like you said Nathan it's not as fulfilling or it's more difficult to find and I find myself wanting to be around people which personally I don't know what to do with that's a weird a weird thing for me so yeah I think definitely uh, people have experienced that very differently and I think also we were talking about this before we started recording, I think there's a difference in terms of the dynamic of your living situation, your work situation, and people who have jobs where they're around people, or maybe they're, you know, continuing to go to work, wherever that may be, they have been impacted differently from people who have been telecommuting, um, or just working from home. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, that's kind of how I started to notice this actually, in particular, um, I had one client come in that seemed like they were doing, I mean, well, I'm in our world now, like fine. Um, I was like, wow, they seem to be all right. They could probably be done now. And um, they started talking to me about like, they were still depressed. They had these things going on. Um, but one big difference is this person works out like regularly with the public. Um, that's just their job. They have to, and is interacting with people and they are, quite frankly, probably an ambivert, like they're, you know, probably a little more extroverted. Um, Ambivert being somebody who can, you know, swing both ways. It can be an introvert at times or uh, they enjoy people as well. Maybe they don't quite fit either one of those categories. An ambivert can also be another way of describing, you know, somebody who is an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. 
can kind of be an ambivert. So it's sort of on the fence. Yeah. And my point is that we're just, you know, if you look at it like a spectrum, like this person would be in the middle. But the difference in a person that early, a few people earlier that day that were very extroverted and clearly depressed and kind of, I mean, the, the main difference was quite frankly, their job. I mean, they just are, they are, they have no good reason to go outside. And so, I mean, other than walking around their neighborhood. So, and we'll talk about treatment and stuff more in future episodes, but part of what, what I was going to say about that is like one of the treatments is exercise, right? So. Hey, get outside. Okay. Well, I've been around my neighborhood 85 times, which is now boring. Like that's, that's no longer a thing. That's kind of the whole introvert extrovert scenario that I wanted to bring to the table. Um, there's some other pieces of how, like some other pieces of anxiety that I wanted to also mention, which are like the people with panic, the folks with this thing called agoraphobia, which just means um, that they're afraid to be outside. Or actually, technically, it's like fear of the marketplace, I think, by definition, just meaning like they don't really want to be around people. It's also, I think, a fear of going, what I've noticed is it's like a fear of going outside a certain radius. Um, like if you were to draw a circle around the home, usually it's the home. Um, you know, I'll go to maybe a grocery store that's nearby um, after hours when there aren't many people there, because it's usually linked with some sort of social phobia as well. So I'll go to this place and that place and home, and that's it. But if I travel outside that radius, then the panic starts. Definitely not going to be going into town or outside of my, my little neighborhood or even like across the bridge on the freeway usually um, because those things just make me feel trapped. Anyway, it's, it's this whole thing that's um, an anxiety-related issue. Right. Again, trying to be kind of higher level in general about where we're going with this mini series in general. So, but I wanted to speak to some of the more specifics with anxiety because some of these folks are like, yes, I can do this. I, this is now like, you know, almost in some ways the folks that have been socially anxious because of worrying about maybe germs or some other stuff are like, I freaking told you people, I am a professional at staying home. Let me show you how to do it. Um, they could probably start a podcast on it. Um, but on the other hand, even those folks are getting more isolated and panic, for example, in, in situations is happening, happening sooner because they are now justifiably afraid in what's going on. And if they did something else that normally they'd be all right, now they're not. And so when, when it's not funny, I have a person that I work with and she's really hilarious. She was like, I have a total new form of panic now. Like I, I can literally do it at will almost. All I have to do is just be alive in a different environment. <laughs> like, and I, and I freak out and it's like, and she's like, and I told you people this whole time. And do you think I'm going out of my house ever again, Nate? And we had got this situation where they were coming into the office and she, she like when all this first hit, she's like, and um, FYI, just so you know, I will never see you again in real life. <laughs> so... Now that I have this amazing control over my panic. <laughs> right. Exactly. Anyway. So um, I guess my my point is there's there's different flavors of this and in every way, in every way they they are worse. And um, so part of us talking about this is for you to not be crazy. You know, like you you might have some thoughts of like, man, I, I kind of do seem like maybe I'm one of those people that are depressed or well, everybody is so blah, blah, or 
I can't sleep at night. I don't know what the next thing is, is to come. Yeah, we're going to try to, in the next few episodes, give you some ideas that can, that can be helpful to work through those things. And some of you that struggle with this may be somewhat frustrated with some of our ideas because you'll be like, did that, check the box. You know, so we're going to try to be creative and come up with some stuff maybe you haven't thought of. But, but that's kind of the idea moving forward with this series. Yeah, and, and as we were talking about this before we started recording, I think you very astutely noticed that there's like a few different camps or different um, categories maybe that people might fall into, and maybe you can identify yourself as one of these. Either way, the, the end outcome that we're going for today is if you're in category one, two, or three, you're not crazy. Um, you know, this is affecting all of us. So these categories were in terms of anxiety and depression are, there's always been anxiety and depression. People have always had those kinds of issues. And so if you're one of those people, you had it before, you still have it, like that just hasn't changed. Um, maybe in some ways, actually, you're, you're feeling better. Actually, that, that reminds me, I think early on, probably a few months in, some of the people that were anxious and depressed before started looking around and seeing other people that had the same thing or were developing it. And they were like, wow, those people are really anxious and really depressed as well. I guess I'm not the only one. And that actually makes me feel better about mine. And my symptoms are going down now. <laughs> it was really kind of a normalizing experience. Like, I'm, I'm not this you know, weirdo that has these issues. Um, because everybody started experiencing them. So if you're one of those people that you have anxiety, depression, congratulations, you still have it. Um, there's another camp of people who didn't have it before, but like you said, because of everything being shut down, because of the impacts of this whole pandemic, um, the isolation, uh, the lack of social contact, all that kind of stuff, maybe now you have it. You didn't before, but now you sort of feel like you do. And according to the DSM, you've got these symptoms you've checked off and you're sort of freaking out that, you know, like your whole life has changed, your personality has changed, or, you know, what's the deal? We don't really know if when everything goes back to normal, if those things will go away and you'll feel better. I'm sure there are going to be long lasting symptoms for a lot of people. That doesn't mean everybody. Um, but there are some things that we can do, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But maybe you're in this second category of, I didn't before, but now I do. I guess I've, I've been impacted by it. And then there's a whole nother camp of people that's like, yeah, I had it before. And now this has made things a whole lot worse. You know, I was already afraid and yeah, I didn't need something to like give me any more fear. But now I've got a lot of fear. Or I was really worried, I was really feeling isolated, and now I'm feeling even more isolated. So it just has magnified the situation and made your symptoms even worse. Whatever the case may be, hopefully you can hear from just our anecdotal experiences here as therapists in Oregon that a lot of people are experiencing this. It's very normal. Everybody coming in is saying the same thing. In a lot of ways, it's been kind of tiring and frustrating for us um, just simply because we're saying the same things to everybody and we haven't had a whole lot of answers. We've had to come up with some creative, individualized solutions for people. But ultimately, it's like, yeah, yeah, everybody is, everybody is saying the same thing. Everybody's feeling this way. And I'm sorry it's that way. But, you know, at least you're not alone. And that's one thing that's come out of this maybe is just a whole lot of like, normalization of mental health stigma and even just kind of outing of like, are you struggling? Cause I am too. I think that's been good for people in general. You know, and I think one of the things I was going to mention earlier, I was looking at my notes and uh, I missed it earlier was that with anxiety in particular, there's kind of this, this realistic form of it now that's not in the books 
really, but it's this, so you're an extrovert, right? Let's say you're a business owner or you are, your job is threatened by this whole pandemic. You're going to lose your livelihood. And you're anxious about that. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. You're worried about every single situation of like, you literally are watching the news for when they're going to change how, that, how it's going to affect your, your job. And the depression and anxiety that you feel as an extrovert, for example, you, you go to the store, you go to places where around, you're trying to manage that feeling of being trapped. And so, and then there's folks out there that are really mad and saying, why would you go out? The, the anxiety of you're making it worse. You could cause this to happen for longer. You know, if you keep this disease rolling because you're, you know, you're transmitting it, it's like, you know what, folks, have some compassion for your fellow man, because in, in a lot of ways, what you are actually witnessing is folks trying to manage their anxiety and depression by just being around people. And I know that might sound like, you know, callous on the side of the folks that are worried about the transmission of things, but take a minute and look at it and go like, look, you know how you feel like crap? If you could kind of manage that a bit and do something different and kind of be out and then you would just kind of feel some relief, you know, um, would you do it? And, you know, some of you are like, no. And that's fine, but that's you, you know, and other folks, everybody's struggling and we're all doing this together trying to figure this out. And as therapists here, we've just kind of noticed some, some of these similarities between folks that have simply not existed before, at least in recent memory, at least inside of the, the DSM. I mean, Aaron, before we were starting, Aaron was pointing out like, you know, we weren't, we don't really have the research around like w the world wars before of how people I mean, there's research out there, but there was no diagnostic manual on like, this is what depression is and all those kinds of things for over a long period of time during times of war, for example. But I think that that would probably be comparable. Yeah. So we hope that this has been, um, you know, somewhat informational, informative for you over the next couple of episodes. We want to give you some more um, specific information. We'll dive deeper into anxiety, depression, and treatment for those. But we hope this has been somewhat informative. Obviously, we always want to be entertaining. We, we need to entertain ourselves in order to survive. But also just that you get a sense of like, okay, yeah, this is just a thing that's happening to everybody. I'm not the only one. And or it's not, it's not just happening in my circles. It's happening like all across the country, depending on where you're at, or even across the, the globe, if you're listening in a different country. Hey, all of you in Kenya. Um, so stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. Uh, we'll be talking about depression in its classical sense, but then also how has the pandemic kind of evolved to that? And then how do you treat that creatively? And then after that, we'll talk about anxiety in its classical form. And then what is the pandemic version of that? And how has that evolved? And then some creative ways we have come up with to treat that in our practices. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening and would love comments and um, especially if any ideas for shows too, because we're always looking for that. If you guys are, I wonder why don't you guys talk about blah, blah, dude, let us know. And I know a bunch of people, my wife just is like, don't say dude. I just had that. It's, it's over now. I said it anyway. <laughs> dude, I guess you said it. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in today and we will see you in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, 
Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt, and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.